I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the Close of Business podcast. My name is Kyle Rodder. I'm here with David Scott today. Scotty, we're going to keep it really punchy today because if there was a day that not much occurred, it was this one. Not much economic data, but a great deal of corporate data. Soggy day on the market is the word being used out on the floor. Uh, was there anything that we could really make of today's price action? Uh, without getting everyone to switch off immediately, probably not, if I'm being frank. Uh, it was just messy. Uh, I was looking at the, uh, the both ends of the, uh, the leaderboard, uh, and today, like, just no rhyme or reason in, in most instances. Uh, and you mentioned uh, uh, the dearth of corporate news out there. It was so quiet. I barely saw a peep out of anything, particularly from the uh, ASX 100 companies out there. Just absolutely nothing. Of course, we're getting closer to our, our full-year reporting season. But that being said, uh, yeah, nothing to really go and chew on today. So uh, the market's left to its own devices and uh, a bit of skittiness in some parts of the market. But all overall, yeah, can't read too much into it. Yeah, no, there's some interesting price action, I think. You know, um, we, we saw a sort of fairly flat lead, obviously, from Wall Street last night. Tech stocks did well because we have seen that kind of drop in yield since Friday night's, you know, softish. We'll call it mixed, perhaps, US economic data and uh, maybe um, some of the, um, I guess, hawkishness in, uh, in Fed policy being priced out somewhat, although we did have some um, fairly hawkish Fed speakers last night speaking to the fact that maybe the federal funds rate will have to you know, push above five and stick around there for, for some time. But nevertheless, it didn't seem to rattle too many nerves. I guess you know, perhaps if we could um, you know, rationalise anything is that we do have a few days, of course, of you know, some much uh, harder-hitting economic data as well as obviously US earnings at the end of the week. Yeah, absolutely. And then before that, we get Jay Powell out tonight. I think we all know what he's going to go and say. He'll push back against you know, the need for rate cuts later this year, higher for longer, and uh, no terminal rates are likely to be 5% or so. That's pretty much what the minions on the uh, FOMC have been saying recently. Then we get those twin uh, inflation reports as well. We get one here locally, that monthly reading from the ABS, and, of course, the big buffer from the state. So a few risk events, as you mentioned, uh, navigating ahead of that uh, bank report, so the kick out in the States on Friday. So probably you know, not a real surprise that we saw a bit of caution creeping in the local market today. It was interesting to see the other local market did, uh, at least initially under the uh, preliminary close, uh, finish at its session lows, managed to go and recoup a bit of ground with the final price auction. But yeah, that uh, winning streak that we were talking about uh, over the past week or so, four days, it's uh, come to an end. It is done and dusted just for now. And of course, we have Aussie CPI data out. The monthly figure tomorrow, expectations are for 7.2%. I spoke to Paul Bloxham today, uh, previewing that a little bit. He's looking through that data, I think, somewhat. He's of the belief that the RBA is done. This is the end of its hiking cycle. He thinks the downturn is already beginning. Households are going to come under pressure because of these rate hikes, especially the pace of those rate hikes. Um, but conversations for you, Scotty. Um, I had a couple of good ones on top of uh, uh, Paul. Um, uh, uh, 
Uh, Luke Larrity from Seneca Financial Solutions gave us three stocks to watch uh, for a downturn if you're looking for a possible dividend. Uh, Claude Walker as well, had a chat with him this afternoon. Three small cap stocks to put on your watch list. Uh, anything for you today, Scuddy, that um, really jumped out in terms of conversations? David Lay from Audminette had a great conversation with him about probably some of the other more top-down issues that uh, markets are grappling with at the moment. I know the soft landing, the hard landing in the United States and uh, how the Fed will go and respond uh, in in reaction pre and and post whatever happens. Then, of course, uh, China's reopening as well, which I've had a bit of a a powwow about in my uh, view today in the newsletter. But uh, he's uh, not overly enthusiastic about you know, the prospects there. I uh, had a bit of a chat about some of the reasons why it might be a little bit different in China, this reopening to what we saw in other parts of the world. Also, a uh, you know, good chat with, uh, with Charles Leyland from Leyland Private Asset Management on the program as well about uh, how you know, macro is important to a certain point, but uh, when it comes to as a stock selector and a stock picker, uh, a lot of the time, you're best to go and avoid you know, trying to listen and pay too much attention, particularly when it comes to macro forecasts, because I think as we've uh, all seen over the past uh, few years, that uh, forecasting can be incredibly difficult. And if you go and put all your eggs in one basket and then it doesn't come to fruition, it can be very costly to an investor. So yeah, really enjoyed those conversations. Uh, investment strategy, you know, trying to get some ideas. He also came up with three particular names, including a couple that are not based on the Aussie market. Very interesting. So we'll have to go back and watch that one. But um, we may as well jump to the stock of the day now. And it is a trader favorite. And I'm sure it's an investor trader too, uh, favorite too. I say trader favorite because it was always high on the list of uh, companies that were traded at, uh, when I was at, uh, at IG. Gemma Dale often comes in and says, it's uh, well, it's also considered a little bit more of a short-term trade for folks out there as well. Fortescue Metals. Uh, we had Scott Phillips in today from The Motley Fool and uh, Mark Morlin from Team Invest. Uh, they consider the investment case of Fortescue Metals. Have a listen to what they had to say. It's not, it's not a company we're interested in uh, because they are price takers at the end of the day. And if you look at their earnings over the last, since 2018 was uh, nine. So it, was, it's been, it had a few years there where it was below our minimum of 10. And then now it's up at, it peaked at 58. And the last uh, read I've got is about 36. So now that is an absolute consequence of the very high iron ore prices. So they, you know, they're writing. It looked like it was a low-cost producer. The iron ore price was at that point low. The share price was low. And I figured the returns were better on the upside than the downside. But it was too risky for me to say to our members, yeah, in ShareAdvisor, for example, the service I run, you know, we, don't, we don't tend to take those sort of punts. So this is, a, this is a strange one for me where, generally speaking, I'd be saying to our members, these things, you know, it was just too high risk. It may have gone very badly. Okay, so there you have it. It's not going to go to the investment committee. Uh, interesting from Scott talking about how he has bought it, but um, it's uh, do as I say and not what I do on that one. Mark Morgan also saying doesn't pass the filters necessarily. So uh, Fortescue, as well as it's done over several years, still not going to make it to the investment committee, it would seem. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, despite all the other commentary and uh, the press releases we have from uh, Fortescue Future Industries and the like about its pivot away from iron ore, uh, the brutal honest fact is that almost entirely its revenues come from iron ore, which is almost entirely dependent on what happens with Chinese steel production. And uh, when you look about what's going on there, uh, certainly uh, compared to what we saw prior to the pandemic, whether we get back to those uh, breakneck getting record after record year for steel production in China, particularly with scrap metal uh, so abundant now as well, 
is a little bit questionable. So yeah, understandable why there's a bit of caution, particularly after the huge rally we've seen in Fortescue over the past uh, few months. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I have to quote, and I, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me uh, repeating him here, um, uh, Mark Gardner from Macro Capital saying that he doesn't like Fortescue at the moment because of that sort of strategy, that green strategy, that um, if Andrew Forrest wants to go play Captain Planet, his words, not mine, he can do it with someone else's money. So I just uh, thought I'd throw that detail in there as, uh, for perhaps a touch of uh, uh, levity. Uh, but listen, we set it off the top. It was a pretty quiet day. There's things to look forward to, certainly things to keep an eye out for as the week unfolds. But the ASX 200 did finish the day lower. It was off by 0.28%. Off the lows of the day, it has to be said, a little bit of a flurry of activity, it would seem, or at least a bounce in that post-market auction. Uh, but we have had uh, the index finish 0.28% lower, 71.31. Just some of the uh, bottom and top movers very quickly. Borrell uh, up by 3%. Car sales up by 2.25%. Lake Resources uh, up by 2.12%. Other side of the equation, the bottom three, I'll give you that. Brain Chip Holdings uh, down by 8.8%. Telix Pharmaceuticals extending that sell-off that we've seen over the last uh, few sessions off by 7.9%. Nearly that. Degray Mining too off by 6.1%. But um, Scuddy, faster than a Floyd Mayweather jab, that one I think. Do you reckon we wrap it up there and uh, we'll keep an eye out for the rest of the week? Let's do the Usain Bolt out of here. <laughs> All right. See you, mate. See ya. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.